Welcome to episode 15. Listen to this episode when you feel rejected. This is exactly what the title says, guys. I want you to listen to this episode whenever you feel down or demotivated. You may be somebody who's applied for a job that you were really interested in and got turned down because somebody thought you were unqualified. You may even have applied to 100 jobs and not gotten one call back. Maybe you decided to even ask for a promotion or, or to ask your coworker out and, and got turned down. Heck, maybe even somebody even insulted you. Whatever it is, we're here for you. And my goal with this podcast episode is to lift you out of the state and get you in a place where you can continue doing what it is you need to be doing. Applying for jobs, working on that promotion, asking your coworker out. I don't care what it is. So really, there are three concepts to remember, and if you can internalize and remember these three things, you will recover and build a sense of resilience that you've never had before. And so in episode 13, we spoke with a therapist here in Austin, and uh, she talked about, you know, when you're going out there, you're applying for job after job, and you're getting turned down, you're not only just working on getting that job, you're not working on those results, you're also working on building that sense of resilience that's going to end up helping you down in the future. Have you ever gone to the gym and felt really sore afterwards, but then after that you felt a lot stronger? It's the same exact thing here. Because this may take a while to internalize, come back to this episode when you've lost that edge or listen to it on repeat if you need to. All right, so let's get into the core concepts of understanding rejection. All right, the first concept, and this is my favorite concept, and I want everyone to know this. It's the fact that with rejection, everybody goes through it. Even some of the most great people in history, even the most amazing people in history have gone through rejection. And I think for a lot of us, you know, we think that, you know, when we're getting turned down for jobs, that means we're inadequate. But I think by looking through examples of past people in history who have had that success and who have been great, I think we can realize that we have the same potential in us to be great. Granted, not all of us were called to be the president of the United States or somebody who was going to cure cancer. However, we all have these unique gifts and we all have the potential to create something amazing for the world, to change the world for the better, no matter how big or how small. All right. So I had to uh, do a lot of fact checking (laughs) and uh, kind of look these things up um, because you never know, like a lot of myths are perpetuated, but um, I did do my research and looked at some of the past failures and rejections that our great people in history have gone through. So the first person I want to talk to you about is an author who ended up sending out a manuscript for the book that she wrote over and over again and was not getting, let's, let's, let's be kind of plain and simple here she wasn't getting it she wasn't getting you know any anyone who wanted to sign her on um to end up publishing this book in in the first rejection it's pretty funny um the person who gave the response back didn't even send a proper follow-up letter um like a lot of you job seekers when you're sending out your your resume to these applicant tracking systems you're getting like these autobot kind of responses um hers was somewhat similar kind of very little care thrown into it the person said this response that kind of like wrote her off that person was J.K. Rowling. This, this is the first author in the history of the world to become a billionaire and one of the most successful authors of all time who published Harry Potter, as I'm sure many of you have read. 
So um, the funny thing about when she finally got an offer to publish this book, the publisher Bloomberry was less than enthusiastic. So basically the editor advised her to get a day job and said that she would never make any money in children's books. Freaking JK Rowling. Amazing. However, as many of us know, this book went on to make millions and millions of dollars and ended up just getting so much amazing success from it. The funny thing about J.K. Rowling is even after she got success from the first book, like a lot of you job seekers who have had these really amazing and successful careers, she still ended up getting pushback. She decided to go on and try to write a crime mystery series under the, pseudo under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. So she got turned down um, actually one time pretty rudely, and the person that wrote the letter said, at the risk of teaching my grandmother to suck eggs, <laughs> may I respectfully suggest the following. Double check in a helpful bookshop or Amazon or in the twice yearly buyer's guide of the bookseller magazine precisely who the publishers are now of your fiction category and genre. Call the publishers to obtain the name of a relevant editor it is rarely productive to speak to them in person. So note this, this editor is, is literally giving a beginner's lesson to, to JK Rowling. Brutal. They continue. Then send to each editor an alluring 200-word blurb. Much vital information can be found in the writer's handbook and the writer's and artist's yearbook. But remember that the details of an imprint's publishing policy may be out of date. And acquiring a literary agent is even harder than finding a publisher. May I wish you every success in placing your work elsewhere. So, um, yeah, <laughs> if any of you guys are, you know, sitting there saying, Hey, I've had this amazing career as a, as a marketer. I mean, I've done all these amazing things. I sent out my application to the stupid job posting and got, got a rejection letter, got that response. Remember the story of JK Rowling, who should be a hopeful inspiration to, I think a lot of us job seekers out there. For those of you who are also feeling rejected, should also remember the greatest player, arguably, but I think the greatest player in the NBA, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was not admitted to the varsity team his sophomore year of high school. Now, granted, it is a pretty tough thing to be admitted to the varsity team when you are just a sophomore, but the way Michael took it was in a deep um, really searing rejection. Um, he went back to his bedroom and ended up crying and just, just, it really kind of tore him apart, but that pain really kind of ended up driving him to become even more successful. So he said, I'm going to try even harder. I'm going to end up giving myself another shot at this opportunity and I'm going to go even harder when it comes to tryouts. So he ended up absolutely crushing his sophomore year of high school and being an absolute all-star, which ended up leading him to more success. Another amazing quote from Michael Jordan, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost more than 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. So as I mentioned, he is he is the greatest basketball player of all time, and um, his stats include making at least thirty two thousand total points, six thousand rebounds, and more than five thousand assists. 
I think for a lot of us, remember Albert Einstein for being the smartest person in history. But did you know that when he was nine years old, people thought he was incredibly slow? In fact, he could barely even uh, speak fluently, um, which led teachers to think that he actually had a mental issue. So um, another fact about Einstein was he was expelled from school for his rebellious nature, and he was even rejected to the Zurich Polytechnic School. However, as we all know, Einstein ended up going to revolutionize science's understanding of the world. He took physics, obviously, to the next level uh, beyond the Newtonian view and developed the theory of general relativity. All right. Is that enough examples for you guys? No? You want more? <laughs> well, how about Oprah Winfrey, who was fired from her first television job? How about Walt Disney, who was fired by a newspaper editor because he thought that he lacked imagination and had no good ideas? Remember, this is Disney. How about Steven Spielberg, who was rejected by the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts several times? And who could forget young Henry Ford, who ended up embarrassing himself with a few failed automotive businesses? However, he ended up completely redeeming himself by, well, you know where history goes from there. These examples should really illustrate that you can go out and face these things and still be totally fine. In fact, not only that, but you can go out and, and thrive more than you ever thought possible. So take these examples, you know, look up the sources online to find even more countless examples of people who fail rejection. But the point being, every single person in all of humanity ever has gone through this sort of thing. You know, we talked about in episode 13 that it's such a universal topic, like everybody goes through this from, you know, people who are salesmen who have to constantly face rejection, people who, who are going out and, and trying to, you know, make business deals happen and not getting those results to even homeless people on the street who are constantly panhandling and probably face rejection about 99% of the time. So that being said, um, this is a universal topic, and I think by knowing that other people are going through it, and it's not just you, which I think is the mentality that a lot of people get stuck in, I think that's exactly where we are going to find a lot of hope and end up getting a lot more um, motivation to continue on. So when you are struggling through that rejection letter, just think of J.K. Rowling. You know, Think of Dr. Seuss, who also went through the same thing. Think about these people who have gone through the same thing as you. All right, core concept number two in understanding rejection and how to bounce back from it. Understand what you are feeling and why you are feeling it. And this is one that is backed by science. And I think it's, it's an actual incredible thing how our psychology works. And if we really understand how to kind of use our psychology and how to use our, our brains, then I think that is probably one of the best ways to kind of manage your emotions and how to deal with them. So there really is a science between understanding what you are feeling. So uh, countless research has shown that when you identify what core emotion you're feeling, then it instantly makes it more manageable. So for instance, if you are feeling angry to instantly put a label on that anger rather than just feel it and sort of not know what's going on, um, that helps significantly to end up taming it and eventually mitigating that type of emotion. There was a study actually at UCLA where they brought in a bunch of people who were afraid of spiders. So they had a really severe arachnophobia. 
And um, they ended up actually using this as one of the variables within that study, saying um, one of the groups, um, they were given the task of identifying what emotion they felt. So I believe they had them write it down or say it out loud. Um, and there were other groups that ended up trying to kind of shift the fear or transform it to something else um, without identifying the emotion. And there was a control group. And they found um, some really amazing things from this. The group that ended up, you know, solely focusing on identifying what the emotion was. So fear, anxiety, um, perhaps a little bit of terror. Those types of people were a lot more likely to end up managing that particular emotion. So um, they actually measured this in physiological response, um, which I think is just incredible because your physiological responses, so like the way you sweat, breathe, um, that stuff does not tell lies. So what they ended up doing was kind of measuring, they called it uh, skin conductance responses. So basically uh, their skin telling how their fear and anxiety played out within the study. So they found that pretty much the people who were able to identify the fear and anxiety that they had through the spiders, um, they were able to manage it and um, end up reducing the physiological manifestation of the emotion. This all plays into the, the concept of emotional intelligence, but I think this is one of the most important things you can do to end up mitigating kind of this pain that comes from rejection. So next time you feel this, label it right away, say, hey, this is the emotion that I'm feeling right now, I'm feeling rejected, I'm feeling anxious, I'm possibly feeling fearful, and actually say this out loud, or at least think it out loud to yourself. So that way you know where the pain is coming from, rather than letting it manifest itself or, or kind of bubble up on the inside without really know what's going on. So um, I'm going to put a resource below as well to talk about the concept of labeling emotions, but take my word for it. Scientifically, it is proven to reduce the pain of these emotions that are coming from um, all sorts of things. Another thing to kind of realize um, when you're thinking about rejection is to realize the kind of why um, you're kind of feeling some sort of way. And so um, a lot of the pain that does come from rejection is not required by our biology anymore so that being said um, we we have evolved to really kind of feel a lot of these different um, sort of pangs and and kind of hurts that come from rejection whereas we don't necessarily need um, those types of responses so we can think back to our great 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 ancestors you know thousands of years ago to where if they were rejected out in the wild um, and they were with their tribe that was life or death for them they would literally be, I don't know, eaten by wolves or <laughs> at, the, at the least not get the proper resources and, and food that they needed and shelter because they really, really needed their tribe. Now, when it comes to now, we live in such an advanced and amazing society to where we don't necessarily, you know, we've evolved to kind of feel that rejection as potential kind of a, a threat of survival. So when you do get that that um, that person who says, I don't think that guy's good enough. You know, that's kind of our our evolution and our, our biology saying, oh gosh, I hope that the wolves don't eat me or I hope that I'm able to get food tonight. If you think about it and if you're one of the more rational or, or logical people, um, we need to kind of realize that um, for the most part, the pain that we do feel from rejection is not necessarily justified by what the real situation is. All right. Let's talk about concept number three, 
And this one is a little bit harder to explain, but I think for those of you who can understand it, which hopefully is everyone, uh, this will really do wonders and put things into perspective, especially as you're kind of feeling this pain right now. That concept is the fact that no one who is giving you these outcomes or these responses or, or rejecting you, they don't know the full story. They don't know the full you. How, how can they possibly know the full you? You just you sent out a resume. It was a one-page one document that had, I don't know, just a, a list of things that you said um, yourself. And, um, you know, they, they may have spent seconds on it. How could they possibly know all the amazing things you've done? How could they know your personality? How can they know how you're able to connect with people? How can they know, you know, all of the all of the ways that you relate to people that can positively impact an organization. It's impossible. Even if they did know you a little bit deeper, so say you got to the interview stage or say you you knew somebody and they still ended up turning you down, they still don't fully know you unless they've been with you every waking second of your life. You know what I'm saying, guys? So I think so many of us strongly pair our identities with what people think of us and how people react to us. And I'll give kind of a funny example here, or, or actually not so funny if you think about it, but I was uh, walking down Congress Street, and as many of you know, Austin has a really strong homeless population in the downtown area, and I was walking with my brother, and uh, all of a sudden, this, this homeless lady looks at us and starts shouting these crazy obscenities. She's like, you stupid mother, and just like, just hurling cuss words at us, just saying, she's saying we were the worst. And she couldn't believe, you know, how awful we were and what we'd done when we literally had just kind of walked by and not, not really said anything, but I kind of thought about it as funny of an example as it is to kind of use, but this person who actually probably does believe that we were the worst people in the world for whatever reason, like her perception was so twisted that she believed it, even though it was not true at all. So the fact that this person had no idea who we were had no idea what our backgrounds were, had no idea, you know, I don't know, like our desire to help people, our desire to actually go out and feed the homeless people. She knew none of those things. And she ended up reacting according to what her perception was of us. So guys, just case in point, you cannot control what other people perceive of you, nor, nor should you ever try to control. I mean, you should always put your best foot forward and you should always try to make yourself presentable um, to end up attracting what you want in life. But at the end of the day, no one fully knows you. And so how could you be so upset? How can you feel like your ego, your your entire identity is being crushed by this one person just because of that reaction? So um, I want to go kind of beyond this. And this is where we get even more abstract. But I hope this really affects some people out there. But uh, the last concept is the fact that your core identity really isn't and it can never be defined by these outcome dependent um, results. So your identity as a person, you know, whatever your name is, you know, whoever you are, it's not defined by what job you have. It's not defined by how many kids you have. It's not defined by how much money you have or, or even how happy you are. Gosh, when it comes down to it, your core identity is defined by your heart and all your deepest and most core values that you hold as a person. So these, these things have nothing to do with, with what job you got or, you know, whether or not you are happily married or, you know, whether you have a bunch of money or any money at all, 
Like these things are not at all defined by what your heart is and what your values are as a person. When it comes down to it, that is your, that is your core identity. Like those are the things that define exactly who you are, like how, how compassionate of a person you are, you know, how honest you are, how hardworking you are, what good you desire to do for the world, all these other things. So I encourage people, and those, those are exactly things that people can't take away from you, right? Like people, like they, you could end up working a job and all of a sudden somebody could tell you that you're the worst in the world and take the job away, but they can't take away your actual values. And I'm trying really hard not to get so, I don't know, like lovey-dovey, um, <laughs> new agey, like, I don't know, whatever, but, but like, this is the truth. This is, this is exactly who we are as a person that are not these material things that a lot of us are really resting so much of our egos on like our jobs and our financial success and things like that. Granted, those things are important. Like I know, like, trust me, I've every single day I realize, you know, I, it's important for me as a business owner to look at the finances, to look at sales, to make sure we're up to par. But when it comes down to it, if I ended up completely failing as a business owner, I think knowing deep down on the inside that God created me to be somebody who ended up helping people and to do my very best to actually help those people, it's going to pay me back. And even if it doesn't pay me back financially, everything will work out. So, all right. Hopefully that wasn't too, too much. <laughs> Hopefully you're feeling a little bit better. Um, I know I am feeling relieved because I've been wanting to do this podcast episode for a long time now. And I really hope this message got across to those of you who are feeling hurt right now. But what to do now? Keep going. Case in point. I don't care if you applied for a thousand jobs and got zero hits. I don't care if you did 10 projects and got a negative review of all of them. I don't care if you went on 50 dates and got nowhere. What I recommend is you refine your strategy a little bit and just keep going. Remember that the results-oriented things in life, like your successes, is just really when it comes down to it, it's a numbers game. And maybe you won't get success on the 100th time, but on the 101st time, you will. And that's what matters. Thing number two, and this is also backed by science, but I recommend finding a group of people trying to achieve the same thing, same thing that you are. So your modern day 21st century tribe, so to speak. And if you, you know, for instance, are going out there applying for a bunch of jobs, join a job seekers group, you know, talk to them about the struggles that um, they're going through. If you are single and trying not to be and really struggling with it, pair up with another buddy who is also going through the same thing you are and consequently, consequently pair up with somebody who is also getting success because you can really learn a lot from them as well. When you feel rejected, don't forget to label your emotions and say, okay, I feel blank, whatever it is, anxious, fearful, rejected, whatever. Just label that emotion and say, I feel blank, but I know I will keep going because, and then identify the core things to your identity that I'm persistent, that I really want to want to change the world and make people hurt less or, you know, whatever it is that specifically you want to give to the world that is core to your actual identity, because those things people cannot take away. And I think that's important to remember. So in closing, thank you so much for listening to this episode and thank you for doing this for yourself. You know, do your group or tribe of 
a favor and share this on your LinkedIn page because maybe that there's that one friend of yours who really needs to listen to this message. But really above all else, I hope that you can go forward and continue persisting and trying. And and I do look forward to hearing from you when you end up getting those results. And do write into us because we love sharing stories about our job seekers and, and things like that. But write into me. My name is Chris and email address is projects. P-R-O-J-E-C-T-S at letseatgrandma.com. That's our company name that sponsors this podcast. And we would love to hear from you. And I will personally write back. All right. Sayonara and get going.